Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are talking about quite a film, quite a film. It's Chris Columbus's Nine Months. Yep. 1995, we've got, well, a very stacked cast on deck. We have Hugh Grant, we have Julianne Moore, we have Joan Cusack, Robin Williams, rest in peace, love you, Jeff Goldblum, Tom Arnold, Ashley Johnson. It is just a very, very stacked cast in this ridiculous movie. Yeah, and I just love, so Chris Columbus, I... I feel like maybe we've covered a film from his already. I'm trying to see. Oh, no, we... Yes, we have. We have. He did I Love You, Beth Cooper. Yep. <laughs> that You know, that's funny. I wouldn't have made... I would not have guessed that it was the same director. But, you know, you learn every day. Chris Columbus. What, what a career. What a man. And clearly this was a personal project to him because he wrote and directed it. So he is really the only one to blame for how this turned out. And how it turned out is kind of misogynist and bad. <laughs> yeah, this is a very much a a my wife kind of movie. This is a my wife. This is a an hour and forty five minute movie that reminds me of so many open micer stand up jokes about like oh my wife my girlfriend oh uh, the ball <laughs> the and ball and chain <laughs> yes, the ball and, this is a ball and chain movie so hugh grant he's you know the stuffy british man as he often is and he's got his cat and he's got his two-seater little red car as as every masculine man must have a two-seater and he is with julianne moore who teaches dance classes what does he do he he's that. a child psychologist because there's an ongoing bit where he's like sitting with a kid that's one of his clients, mm. which is actually one of the moments that that's one of the bits in the movie I like. We'll return to that. But yeah, he's a child psychologist. Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Man, I was so high. Okay. So he's a child psychologist that does not want to have children. Yeah. That's like a big part of it is he's like, oh, I know exactly how hard it is to have kids. And also you fuck them up and people are bad parents and they're not prepared for having kids. He goes on this long rant to Julianne Moore where he's just like, no one's prepared to have kids. People have to take a test to have to drive a car, but they don't have to prepare to have kids. And I see that in my work all the time. So he's very much coming at it from he has kind of two angles when it comes to not wanting kids. One of them is this very kind of straightforward. I'm child free. Kids are gross. I don't like kids. Ew. Reactive perspective and then the other is actually i think a more realistic like i can understand this perspective he's he's seeing how intense it is to raise a human being yeah i mean like this this movie like you you were just telling me right before we started recording that this movie really is has no plot it's a movie about a man like trying to like accept fatherhood but it's also a movie about a man who like like embraces traditional masculinity at the end like in the end when he's just like he's got the kid and he's got her and there's like this whole scene it's like he's the man of the house and like he's finally nutted up and it's just like this whole thing where it's just like I don't I don't I wish this was a movie about him learning to appreciate his girlfriend which I don't think that it is yeah I think that the movie thinks it is I think that that was maybe part of the intent 
but I don't think it succeeds in that. I think it, for me, it felt like he went from one version of being a bit toxic to another version of being a bit toxic. And both of them have pros and cons, right? You know, in the beginning, he is more open to living a less conventional life. I mean, he's still like a cis hat white guy. So, yeah. you know, as much as that can. But, you know, he's he's a child psychologist. He obviously really loves his partner and he is comfortable in many ways expressing himself in ways that aren't, you know, like he goes to the dance class and he's like kind of joking around with the kids. He's being playful. He's affectionate. And then in the end of the movie, it's like he is more open to being loving with Julianne more in like a traditional way. I mean, there's, we'll, we'll I guess we'll get into all of that because that's really all that there is here. <laughs> so this movie, it starts off, you know, we meet Hugh Grant, we meet Julianne Moore and she, they're at the beach and Julianne Moore sees a kid at the beach and she turns to him and she's like, hey, do you want, do you ever want more? And he's like, they're eating. So he's like, no, I'm good. I've had enough food. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, no, I mean, have you ever wanted more from our relationship? And he's like, oh, like marriage. And she's like, yeah, I mean, you know, marriage, kids. And he goes on this rant about how like their life is already perfect. They already live together. Why change it? You know, why, why ruin something that's good and how he definitely doesn't want kids and right when he's talking about how he definitely doesn't want to have kids, Joan Cusack and Tom Arnold, who are a couple, uh, Joan Cusack, both both of them are fantastic in this. Very funny. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, yeah. I know that the movie thinks that they're obnoxious. They're just like these two, like, regular blue-collar people who love each other, love having kids, and take care of those kids. That's That's the important thing. Like, they really... Like, even though sometimes they lose track of the kids and sometimes the kids get into mischief, like, you can tell that those kids are taken care of throughout the whole movie. And I feel like the movie wants us to dislike them, and a way to do that would be, like, if their kids were just, like, monsters. <laughs> yeah, like when, like, when we first meet them, I understand why Hugh Grant doesn't like them, because their kids literally... Like, their kids and their dog come and, like, eat and mess up all of the food at the picnic. And they don't apologize. They don't really, like, try to do any. They're just like, oh, well, ha, ha, ha. Aren't they cute? And I'm like, yeah, no, that's obnoxious. <laughs> but, like, they basically, one of the kites that Tom Arnold is flying hits Hugh Grant in the face. And then <laughs> in one of the funniest moments in the movie, he's, like, trying to do CPR on Hugh Grant. But he was hit by a kite. So, obviously, he's not knocked out. So, he's just, like, trying to make out with Hugh Grant. And then, and then, and then the kids and the dog come over and the kids are like hyper and the dog is like getting into Hugh Grant and Julianne Moore's food. And Julianne Moore is like, oh, this is really charming. This family is really cute and they love each other. So you can see in her face that this is just compounding the fact that she wants kids. And for Hugh Grant, he's like, he's my like picnic me. is ruined. This guy tried to make out with me. This is awful. This is why I don't want kids. He's, the funny thing about like Hugh Grant is that like, he is so into the idea of just, like, being a loser with only one friend. Like, he's just, like, other people are here. It's not even, like, he's surrounded by a crew of friends. He just has Jeff Goldblum. And Joan Cusack is literally Jeff Goldblum's sister. And so you would think that he would be a little bit more, like, receptive to them but he can't he's just it's just impossible he just wants to be alone and it's like if you want to be alone you know you could also just like break up with julianne moore <laughs> it's like what's going on 
he, well, he wants to be alone, but he also wants to be around Julianne more. Like he wants to be with Julianne more at the beach. He doesn't want anyone to interact with them. So it's not like it's not like he just wants to be alone. He just wants his people, you know. I mean, I understand why he is annoyed when they crash into their picnic. Who wouldn't be? I mean, I understand it too, but I don't know. I guess maybe I'm just the kind of person who is just like, oh my God, more people are here. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I feel like I'm on the fence with that. Cause I do understand going somewhere. I mean, especially if it's, it is, you know, your day off and you're on like a date situation, you want to have that time. You're trying to have a romantic time and you get frustrated because you know, it, it gets crashed into. I get that. But like, you know, going through life, especially if you're living in a, a major metropolis and being like mad that there's other people there when you're in public. It's it's the whole meme that's been going around when people are like, oh, I go in public and I'm mad other people are in public. It's that it's that energy. Well, like, it's just like it's also just like hotter for someone to roll with the punches. Like, I, I guess that's that's also the thing. Like, it was just really unattractive. Like, it's like, I get it. You sucks. You're inconvenienced. Right. But, like, let's turn the situation around. Let's, like, yeah. let's I mean, turn he it could around. totally have a sense of humor about it, and he definitely doesn't. And that's one thing that I think Joan Cusack and Tom Arnold's characters have great senses of humor. Like, they are, like... They are just vibing out together. And you can tell that they love each other because they're just like, life is weird. Our kids are crazy. And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> And I mean, some of that is also the casting because they just have like Hugh Grant doesn't seem as fun as them in general. I mean, I have nothing against him as an actor, but they like Joan Cusack is someone I would want to get a beer with. So, you know, this this is like our opening scene. Right. So this is really setting the stage. And then when when they make the connection that Joan Cusack is Jeff Goldblum's sister, Hugh Grant's like, oh, shit. And so the next scene, we see Julianne Moore and Hugh Grant go to visit Jeff Goldblum and we find out. Jeff Goldblum's long-term partner has left him and he's with this like younger girlfriend. She's 25. And you know, these characters are probably around, I don't know, mid thirties at least. I would believe Jeff Goldblum would be like 40 in this. So he has a 25 year old rebound girlfriend. We never actually hear any lines from her. So she's just, you yeah, know, no, I see, I saw like the back of her head in a scene and I was just like, Oh, is that it? We get like a full body shot, but we get no lines. Cause we can't let her be a person. <laughs> God forbid. She just has to be like a symbol of youth and sex. Um, and so he, you know, tells Hugh Grant, he's like, yeah, it's awesome hooking up with her. And like, I'm dating these younger women. And like, Christine left me because she wanted kids. And like, I didn't want that. And he goes on this rant about how having kids was going to suck up his youth. But of course, it's the most misogynist angle. He could have just said, I didn't want kids. So we decided to split up. No, instead, he describes her like she's a succubus he's like she just wanted to eat all my eggs she wanted to take i mean eat all my eggs she wanted to take all my sperm and put them in her eggs and she just she just wanted to take my manhood and, and like he's just like luckily uh, man that reminds me of another person who felt the exact same way about me wanting to have a child oh and yeah literally like like literally said you just want my sperm does this person's name rhyme with vile or uh, bile? Oh, I mean, that's perfect. That's that's a perfect way to <laughs> like, like, and it was just so like I just remember just like looking at his face and just being like, what, what, what? <laughs> it's just, and that's how I felt watching this movie the whole time. It's like, how can you look at Julianne Moore and think that she has any ill will towards you? It's just. 
yeah. mind-blowing. Because, like, from the moment that she starts wanting kids, Hugh Grant starts treating her like a monster. Like his li- Well, he's like- so freaked out. And to me, it made me think, okay, the movie is establishing them as this couple that's been together a long time. We don't know how long, and they live together. So how did this conversation never come up? To me, it feels like they must have talked about this before. Is the beach really the first time she's expressed this? Or is it the first time he actually heard her? Or, I mean, I don't know, because the movie doesn't really make it clear. But it's such a big topic. And if you're over, I mean, honestly, if you're over your mid-20s and you are in a, like, kind of, really any relationship, but specifically a very kind of traditional, like, het relationship, it's something that comes up real quick. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, like, such a weird thing. It's like, you guys are adults. Like, yeah. it's like, it's it's a normal conversation. Like, she's not trying to attack you. But he keeps on, like, having this, like, vision of, like, a praying mantis. And, you know, the whole thing about them, like, eating their husbands, eating their, eating their mates. Is it, like, after they have a child, they eat their mates? Like, yeah. Like, oh, you're, we're, we're done with you now. Yeah. First, he, like, has, like, a, like, an animal planet image of it. But later on in the movie, he imagines that Julianne Moore is that. And there's just, like, a giant praying mantis puppet in his bedroom. And I couldn't fucking believe it. It's Julianne Moore. And it's not even, like, hard-nosed bitch Julianne Moore, which I also love. It's, she has bangs and she's just sweet in this movie it's bangs julianne Moore. yeah and she's teaching ballet to little girls it's i mean like, could you imagine a more like she feels threatening woman <laughs> yeah she's like she feels like the one ballet teacher that wouldn't give her students body dysmorphia like she has such wholesome energy in this she so of course right after the beach she realizes her periods late and discovers that she's pregnant and that is like the same day that they see Jeff Goldblum. But of course, Hugh Grant doesn't want to tell Jeff Goldblum because Jeff Goldblum's just going on this whole rant about like how awful it is to have kids. And that's just confirming how Hugh Grant feels and is feeding this paranoia that Hugh Grant has formed that because Julianne Moore was on birth control, he's starting to think, well, maybe she wasn't taking it. And she even says to him, she says, you know, birth control is 97% effective. So there's still a chance. And he's just, the way that he reacts when she finds out that she's pregnant, instead of being like, okay, what do we do? What are you thinking? How are you feeling? He immediately accuses her of having like a scheme because she's mentioned she might want to have kids. Like he immediately, and I'm thinking, why would you be with someone that you don't trust on that level? Like, do you really think that she's capable of this? He acts like he is on Jerry Springer. Like, (laughs) And you know what I kept thinking the whole time? And, you know, this is a thought that I have in during like 98% of movies where there's a man who doesn't want to have kids and freaks out. Just get a fucking vasectomy. Shut the fuck up and get a vasectomy. If you really don't want to have kids, stop yelling at her because one of her pills didn't work and go get a vasectomy. They're less painful than an IUD. Go do it. And it's reversible. You have no excuse. But of course that, you know, he would have to do something to his body. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just like you. Just, I'm like, oh my god, shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, this whole thing, and like he's really getting like weird advice from Jeff Goldblum because it, it, 
the advice changes depending on how Jeff Goldblum is feeling at the time. So like yeah. one minute he's just like, she's the best thing that ever happened to you. You need this. I ruined my life. And, and then he's just like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, just like we'll start rollerblading. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, because like Jeff Goldblum reveals. So when Hugh Grant finally tells Jeff Goldblum that Julianne Moore is pregnant and this is like four or five months in. Jeff Goldblum is very supportive and he's like, hey, you know, like I actually really miss Christine. I'm not having fun on the rebound. Like my life feels empty. I kind of want to be a father myself. I want to have a family. And so he's he I actually do think he's a good friend in that moment because he's like, hey, I know I've said a bunch of stuff, but honestly, this is a big deal. And you should think about what you want. And, you know, you love her. Right. And he grants like, yeah. And he's like, OK, well, maybe just be honest with her. So he gives him good advice at first. He's like, you should be honest with her about your fears and have a conversation because there's this communication feedback loop that happens in this movie. So, I mean, I will say like it it's weird that Julianne Moore and Hugh Grant never seem to actually come to a mutual agreement. What happens is he freaks out and therefore they don't have a conversation and she's obviously decided to keep the baby. Like there's no yeah, there's, there's no couple conversation. There's no like okay, well what would the other options be? Like okay, so you don't want to give the baby up for adoption or have an abortion. Okay. Like there's no, we're like, okay, we are going to do this even though you're scared, Hugh. It's just like he freaks out and she's obviously keeping the baby. Well, yeah. I mean, constantly he just acts like he's being pulled into everything. It's just like, I can't make any decisions. Nobody like blah, blah, blah. Like he just acts like he has no power. He acts like he's like powerless to her. And she's just asking him to have regular conversation. She's not raising her voice. And like, even when she does, it's not very loud. And it's just like, he just, he just, never takes responsibility for anything that's happening. He just acts like everything is happening to him constantly. And when like, and they, of course there has to be a break, a breakup in this movie for them to make up. And when they break up, it's because he misses like an ultrasound. He misses like a doctor's visit and she's really upset during it. And then like when he, when he like sees her again, like at home, she's just like, so I'm going to leave. I'm going to raise the baby alone. I'm moving in with Joan Cusack and Tom Arnold because her and Joan Cusack have become like buddies, which is actually like the one part of this movie that I really like. I, I thought like it was really, really well written. Yeah. yeah, I thought the, the conversations they have because they're very honest. Like Joan Cusack is like, hey, there were moments I thought Tom and I wouldn't work out. And, you know, it's it's normal for people to get scared. And, yeah, it's not easy. But at the same time, like, you're going to be a great mom. Like, Joan Cusack is a great friend. She is. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it is interesting because there is something to be said about... Because Hugh Grant is honest. He's very clear about not wanting to have kids. So there is an element in which her keeping the baby is basically saying, no, we're not... Like, this relationship is not going to be what we were what we had agreed on earlier. Yeah. It's so a, like, I do think that it's important to note that because like she does, he, she, he she doesn't does. have any say like she, I mean, the, like it's true. She does. He doesn't have any say as to whether or not she keeps the baby because she decides that she is, but he does have a say in whether or not he wants to be committed. So it's like, if you say that you're going to be somewhere, be there. If you don't want to be there, don't be there. And so when she leaves, it's like her just being like, you, you, you clearly really don't want this you don't want this yeah yeah and i totally agree with you there because yeah he does do he kind of does the worst of both worlds where he won't 
he won't level-headedly say, hey, like, I really love you. Because what I, what I saw from him was he really loved her and he didn't want to be a dad. And it was that simple. He wasn't able to sit down and say, I really love you. I'm scared and I don't think I want to be a dad, but I don't want to lose you. Instead, he was just like, oh, God, you're doing this thing. Oh, no. Ah. And then she had to be like, "Okay, you obviously don't want this. I'm going to break up with you for you because you don't want to get married. You don't want to have the kid. I want those things. So it was like this situation where if he wasn't so reactive in his communication style, I would have empathy for both of them equally because it's just one of those painful things where you want different things. There's nothing wrong with not wanting to be a dad, but there's also nothing wrong with being deciding, oh, I do want to keep this baby because I want to be a mom. But the way that their communication happens is just completely avoidant <laughs> and reactive. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh, also, I want to point out, and I think I mentioned this also in the the laws of attraction episode, the one the one where like it's Julianne Moore. And who is that other guy? Is it like Pierce Brosnan or like she's it's some other dude. This is so for a little bit in the 90s and early. 2000s, yeah, it was Pierce. Yeah. And for a little bit of time in the 90s and early 2000s, Julianne Moore took on roles to pay for her divorce. She got divorced and her divorce was finalized in 1995. And like. I just I love I love that we are continuing to like look at her divorce movies. These are movies that she made that she clearly did not want to make. And like it's like it's, it's the, the, the Julianne Moore divorce movie collection. Julianne Moore divorce. <laughs> I just love that. I love knowing that about her. And it makes so much sense and I kind of wish I knew that specifically. Like I wish I knew which movies actors made just because they were getting divorced and like had to pay their like non-rich spouse a certain amount of money. Oh my gosh. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, you know, when we're done with the OC, maybe we need to make that be like a bonus thing is like, we, we do research on divorce movies specifically. And we're like, okay, this week we're doing, like, you know, like, Katie Holmes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's like, it's very obvious. Cause it's like, she do, she'll do something like a Todd Haynes movie or a Paul Thomas Anderson movie or a Coen Brothers movie, and then she'll do this. And it's like, it's really obvious which one she didn't want to do. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, I feel like everybody performed well in this, but at the same time, she was, you know, she was just there. <laughs> she, was, she was really just there. Like, she did, like, what? She emoted a little. She did some shit. Like, she... Like, you know, she tried, but like, she's, she's given a really, she's given a very like shitty role, which is just like a woman to be projected onto because it's not Yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, she has wants, but her one want is to have this baby and we don't really learn anything else about her. Yes. I, w I kept waiting for that, especially because I felt her com her conversations and her friendship with Joan Cusack presented an opportunity for us to understand more about why she wanted kids or maybe even her own childhood. Because we see her interact with her students and she's very sweet with them. So it's clear, you know, she she likes being around kids. But, you know, we don't know if she's always thought about wanting a family and she grew up that way. And then she maybe suppressed it when she fell in love with Hugh Grant or if this is like a new desire or anything. And I think we it feels like we know a lot more about Hugh Grant's hangups about it 
than her desire and it makes it uneven emotionally. But I also think it's ultimately a movie about Hugh Grant's character. And I, I am assuming because Chris Columbus wrote and directed it that, that you know, maybe this is something about himself or I mean, one this, of his friends. <laughs> this is very much from a male perspective. And, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it would be nice if there was, like, a sense of insight. Because, you know, remember that whole thing where, like, Catherine Heigl got, like, blackballed for saying that Knocked Up was was sexist? It's like, she had some valid points about, like, I still love, I just think that you can love Knocked Up and still, like, acknowledge what she's talking about. Oh, absolutely. But here, yeah. it's, like, almost worse. <laughs> just like we don't even get like a lot of time to spend with her like her side of it at all like at least knocked up like kind of like like it wasn't an even split but there was time when she when they like the women were by themselves and like her and Joan Cusack get some scenes but we never see her with any other friends we never see her with any like family members we never like well, that's the other thing that's interesting, right, is you were saying Hugh Grant, <laughs> you were saying that Hugh Grant is a, attached to being a loser with one friend. Uh, Julianne Moore doesn't have any friends. Like, the only friend that she has is Joan Cusack, but she doesn't have her at the beginning of the movie. Hugh Grant has Jeff Goldblum and then Tom Arnold, you know, so... It's interesting because Julianne Moore's character, while underwritten, it is a very lovely woman, and it's hard to believe that she wouldn't have any friends. And so I had a lot of questions about that. And, you know, you don't need to write in a whole character that's in every scene. You know, you could just have one scene where she meets up with someone and we get more context. Felt like the movie was supposed to really be about his realization that he didn't want to lose her and that fatherhood can be cool. <laughs> like, that's what it felt like the thesis was. Because so much of it was him realizing how miserable he was without her. But to me, I kept thinking, okay, his his struggle was never not wanting to be with her. He wanted to be with her the whole time. Yeah. So that wasn't really a realization. Yeah. So it felt like he was lying to himself to me. It didn't feel like he was like, I actually want to be a dad. It was just like, I want to be with her no matter what. So I'm going to go try to convince her, which to me seems like a recipe for divorce down the line, because if you still don't want to be a father, it doesn't really matter how much you love her. It's going to be such a big part of your life that it will break your relationship apart. Or she will just like endure a horrible relationship where she has no support. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, it's a very much, it's him realizing, you know, she, she goes to live with Joan Cusack and it's just him talking to Jeff Goldblum and Jeff Goldblum is a painter in this. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh yeah and like i love it i love when she's like when he's just like uh what about all the starving kids in the world why would you have more and she's just like you know what the, what the world really needs is more starving artists and i'm just like right in the heart joan <laughs> really oh yeah when joan cusack like and him. jeff goldblum get in an argument about having their one of the most fun scenes is at this dinner where Julianne Moore, Hugh Grant, Joan Cusack, this is before Julianne Moore and Hugh Grant break up. They're there at Jeff Goldblum's, his, you know, current girlfriend fling is there. And then Joan Cusack and Tom Arn Arn Arnold show up unannounced and they announce that they're pregnant with another kid. And like, that's cute. Right. But then, you know, they kind of monopolize the conversation and then Hugh Grant gets 
grumpy and then there's this whole argument about having kids or not having kids and that's when Joan Cusack and Jeff Goldblum really go for each other's throats like Jeff Goldblum is like you used to be interested in all these things you used to be interested in art and philosophy and we could actually have conversations and now the only thing you do is talk about your kids or show me pictures of your kids and then Joan Cusack is like well you live a shallow empty life and you know like you act like you're so much better but you know what are you like what are you even doing And I mean, like, both arguments are, like, very reductive, overdone arguments, of course. Like, obviously, you don't have to have kids to have meaning. (laughs) Like, I think that's such a frustrating, annoying myth that is used. But at the same time, people who have kids aren't automatically cultureless and boring. You know, like, these are both, like, very reductive People are nuanced. You can be multiple things at once. Yes, I'm going to watch my Vinegar Syndrome horror movies, you know, with my child. They might have, like, little earmuffs on or whatever, but I'm watching them. Well, I really liked, um, I, (laughs) yeah, no, absolutely. That's adorable. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, but that conversation is funny because they both really deliver it with such rage. So it's, yes. I mean, I love, the thing is, is that, like, I wish that this was a richer film because, like, if it were a richer film, this is, this could have been, like, a classic. Like, the the cast and, like, everything, it could have easily been, like, oh, it could have been one of those movies. It's like, oh, well, you're trying to figure out what to do with your life, like, whether or not to have kids. It'd be like, oh, let's look at nine months. Like, in the same way that, you know, we, there are certain rom-coms that we watch when we're trying to, like, figure out parts of our lives. And it's like, there's no, but because there's no texture in this, like, it's not a film to return to because there's, like... But it's hard. It's almost, like, it really does at least to me it feels like you could just turn a few knobs and it would be there because you have all the characters and it is a really interesting topic I do think having a movie that fully centers on this child free child question is interesting and I think that like there's obviously plenty of movies about raising kids or plenty of movies about pregnancy but I think specifically honing in on this there's a lot to unpack And it would be fun to have more movies that unpack it in ways that are both funny and nuanced and aren't just like the same kind of tropes, which, you know, are often if you don't have kids, then you're going to die alone and sad and, you know, you're shallow and bad and selfish. Or if you do have kids, then you're like your life is over and you're not cool and (laughs) all these things. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it's one of those things that reminds me of the end of How I Met Your Mother. I was thinking about that a lot while watching this. And how, like, suddenly Barney has a daughter and then his entire life changes, his entire, like, conceptually everything changes. And that's just kind of what happens with Hugh Grant where it's just like, oh, suddenly my life has meaning because it's like, oh, my God, which we didn't even bring up, like, how. Okay, so he's, so he's like, (laughs) he so much changes when he finds out that she's having a boy. Oh, yes, that's a major thing. Oh, my God. There, okay. Oh, okay, that there's this whole scene with Tom Arnold where Tom Arnold is like, I know our next kid is a boy. And Hugh Grant's like, oh, well, how do you know? Did you have an ultrasound? And he's like, no, I just know because she carries, you know, boys and girls differently, which obviously, you know, that's like an old wives tale. And Hugh Grant's like, well, that's an old wives tale. And Tom Arnold is like, you'll just see. And Hugh Grant is like, it's like when he hears the word boy, he's like, oh, yeah, a son. Didn't think about that. Might not be a girl. That'd be cool. <laughs> 
it's just like suddenly it's just like wow like because there's going to be masculine energy suddenly I'm kind of on board like that was like one of the first things that like leads to his change of heart and I'm just like Okay. Yeah, and then when sure. he does find out that it's a boy, which is of course at the ultrasound appointment that he's late for, which leads to the breakup, he it's like the first moment he really connects that this kid is going to be a person. <laughs> and part of it is the ultrasound itself, you know, you see the image and and you realize there's actually, you know, like going to be a a baby, but it it's really <laughs> It is funny how that's such a big, it's like, oh, I could pass down my masculine knowledge. It's like, okay, you're Hugh Grant. Like, you're just like, you're just like, please don't take away my 16-year-old cat. Which, I mean, fair. That was like the one thing where I was just like, let him keep his cat. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, (laughs) definitely there was like, yeah, there is the scene where Julianne Moore is like, you need to get rid of your car because we need a new one for the baby. And you need to get rid of your cat because of toxoplasmosis. And I was like, okay, tons of people with cats have kids. You know, I'm sure it'll be fine. And like, you don't need to get rid of the car if you have enough money to get another one, which y'all seem like you do. Like, she's not making a ton of money, but he doesn't seem to worry about money. So I was like, why don't you just get a, like, why are you making him get rid of it? That didn't make sense to me. Oh, yeah, no, that was so weird. It felt like the movie just created this thing where it made her really unreasonable. Because I was like, yeah, of course anyone's going to respond to that. That is not unreasonable. Women don't get pregnant and immediately tell you to get rid of your, your pet. She was like, get rid of your pet and get rid of your car. And he was just like, why don't you get a new car? And she says that she can't afford one. And like... The fact that the conversation, like, the argument continued after that was wild to me because I was just sitting there just, like, just buy her the car. Yeah, I didn't understand, like, why, and and if he can't afford it, why couldn't they say, why don't we go, what can we both afford for this, and why don't we pool it since it's our child together? Yeah, like, why why don't we buy a used car that has four seats, you know, for driving the baby around, and we can keep this one for date night or for him going to work? I just didn't understand why why it was this. It was such (laughs) a sum zero conversation. And I do think we need to talk about the fact that Robin Williams is here playing a character named Dr. Kosovich, who is like, oh, I love him. He's constantly, I mean, he's constantly talking about being a communist. And then like at one point, Hugh Grant and him get in an argument and Hugh Grant calls him a commie. (laughs) And like, I don't know. I love that. But he's, his whole character is like, I was a doctor for animals, but it's not even like I was a veterinarian. It was like specifically like I help animals give birth. And, but now I have moved to America and I have updated my license and you are my first human patient. So there's this whole bit in the movie where he is the doctor for Julianne Moore, who's going to help her give birth. But all these, all these like checkups he does on her, he has to like fix things because he's used to doing it on a baboon or, Oh, I had you set as a different, you know, an animal. And it's very silly. It just felt like an excuse to have Robin Williams there, which I respect. Yeah, yeah. His whole thing was just like, he kept on talking about like how he wasn't a communist. And then I had to remember in 1995, people still cared about this. (laughs) And like, uh, yeah, I mean, he's It's like him telling Hollywood, please keep casting me. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like such a weird, I mean, I, I get it though. It's kind of like, you know, having a kid is already very stressful. Like labor is stressful. You know, the whole pregnancy process. The last thing you want is a dude who doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, for sure. So like, I get it. 
But oh my god, can we talk about the birth scene? Because I hate it. Yeah, honestly, that was the part of the movie I paid the least attention to because I was just like, okay, there's a birth scene and there's shenanigans and Oh, but the, also there's the lead up to it. So when, yes. So when so when Hugh Grant is like separated from Julianne Moore for a time, he goes on a date. And the woman, like, is like, do you want to come up for coffee? And he's like, no. And then she's like, do you want to come up for sex? And he's like, no. And then, like, it's just, like, this awkward thing because he just realizes that he doesn't really want to do that with anyone. And so when he gets Julianne Moore back, which he gets Julianne Moore back and he, like, marries her. And I'm just like, like, this happens so quickly. <laughs> like, she's still pregnant. Like, they just do the whole thing. And I'm just like, this is so fast, dude. Like. <laughs> I know. They didn't have a ceremony, did they? I they see- did. They did. Like, I you don't, see like, them walking out of the church. I don't understand how they were able to plan that within, because she was already five months pregnant when yeah. they broke up. So that means that they, and they had, like, a month apart. It was definitely long enough for him to make some realizations. And so they somehow plan and have a wedding within like two months. <laughs> that's yeah, that's wild. It's so quick. And there are all these people at the wedding too. And I'm just like, who the fuck are they? I know. Who I was like, I didn't people? know you had any friends. Like, are, yeah. Cause they, cause they both act like they don't have any other family. I think they say that, that they both don't have any other family aside from, you know, no, no, they just don't. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, it's not family. Who are these people? I don't know. <laughs> I was, you know what them. I imagined? I just imagined it was all the parents of the kids that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that Hugh Grant. I do want to talk about the kid that he talks to, but uh, first let's oh, talk yeah, about this yeah, yeah. So, so then he like he takes her out to a restaurant to celebrate the fact that they're married, and then the wait one of the waitresses turns out to be this woman that he like he very nearly fucked. And then he acts like a fucking weirdo about it. Like, it's just like, oh, I don't know her. And then she calls him by his first name. And she's just like, and then Julianne Moore is like, well, what about what's going on with that? And then like something happens and the woman cuts her hand and then they have to. And then so they're going to and then Julianne Moore's water breaks. And so then it's all three of them in the car going to the hospital together, which is so confusing to me. Like, you don't know. Why are you here? Like, I get it. You I, cut your hand, but why do I don't you have get, to ride in the I don't, same car? I didn't get that either. I was like, get your own car. Like, again, this was a situation where it felt very forced. And I mean, I mean, it's a movie, you know, that's fine. But it just didn't add anything. Like, I was like, okay, so this is just a shenanigans and it's adding like... Well, it's more shenanigans because like even then, like they're driving and then suddenly like... They there's some kind of shenanigans on the road, and then somebody's having a heart attack. They like almost hit an elderly couple that's crossing the street. Yes, yeah, and so then they have to bring the couple, and then suddenly when they go to the hospital, it's like all these people, and they all need different things, and like it's just like okay. <laughs> like, and also, Doctor Kosovich, aka Robin Williams, definitely seems drunk the whole time. Like he, oh, and, and man, that's referenced not, no. at one point. Is at one point Jeff Goldblum is visiting. This is after the baby's born. He's like, "Oh, did you celebrate a little?" I could tell. And and Robin Williams is like, "Oh yes." Like, but yeah. So he's like, you know, their drunk doctor when like eight of them arrive. Yeah, and then okay, so. 
It's so many things like uh, Robin Williams doesn't remember what an epidural is, so it takes a while for like the. So it takes so long that she doesn't even get it right. It has to be like a natural birth, right? Like yeah, I kept yeah. thinking I was like, okay, I know this isn't the point, but this is some serious birth trauma. <laughs> like yeah, she's terrible. gonna need some serious like post birth pregnancy, like like post birth like therapy and like anxiety relief after this physical experience yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's like, dang also there's a black nurse there who is given all of the most annoying lines and being asked to speak in this way and it's like why do we need we already have all these characters why do we need a sassy black nurse like being being sassy in every second of it, I was just like, this is terrible. Why is this happening? Well, they, it's like they just had to sprinkle in some casual racism. They're like, we know this is like an all white cast, but what if we added a black character and then made them be a stereotype for five minutes? Would would that make people happy? They just like had to add it's it. It's just like, oh, you know, like and it's and it's like it's not even that she's like framed like a bad person. Like she's framed as like very helpful, but it's this idea that like, uh, we need a no nonsense black woman to to come she's gotta deliver this white baby for us she's gotta she you know robin williams can't get his shit together but you know who can this black woman she's here she's gonna like it's just it's so gratuitous it's so annoying why do this to this woman i honestly think that literally every black woman who has had to do this in a movie for like not only deserves like the paycheck they got from the movie but they deserve more financial compensation like i feel like i want to do like an infomercial it's like have you had to play a sassy character in one of these stupid fucking movies you <laughs> may be eligible for financial compensation they should be like hollywood should have a specific <laughs> tier of reparations that are like on top of normal reparations just for like specific roles they make black people act in and like this could be one of them like it's like it's not your fault you're trying to get a paycheck ma'am i'm not mad at you i'm mad at the script exactly (laughs) yeah no that like not gonna blame her for the, the writing of chris columbus i mean of course somebody named chris columbus like of course chris columbus like you know we've mentioned 1492 pictures i mean i was just like ah here we are chris columbus i mean you know i uh, there's gonna be some shit talking about chris columbus like because there's gonna be more (laughs) movies of his that we're going to do but it is important to say that he did he has screenplay credits on three films that people like and i say people not necessarily me but people he has he wrote on gremlins gremlins 2 and the goonies those are like his like three big things that he did and you know good for him yeah <laughs> i mean but there's he, also he just, did those things he, he did them yeah like, like we can't say that he didn't do them and he directed the first home alone <laughs> he directed home alone 1 and 2 which were written by john hughes john hughes of course yes yeah. The king. the king, John Hughes. The king. Yeah, he also directed the first two Harry Potter movies. 
He's the one who did the before before they started to get all moody. And yeah, because there's like all these think pieces that are like, why did he leave Harry Potter? And I'm like, I do not care. Oh, also, also, Miss, he also directed Mrs. Doubtfire, Bicentennial Man, Adventures in Babysitting, Stepmom. Oh, he loves Robin Williams. He really does, and I really and I love that for him. I do love that. Yeah, that's that's like one of the most endearing things about him. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, dude, like Chris. I, you know, dude, you had, I get it. You had a lot of ideas that I liked. You had some thoughts. Yeah, I think, I feel like a revamp of this could be really amazing, especially given the cast you were able to to get together. Like, you obviously have good taste in people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the talent is not the problem here. It's just the fact that, like, maybe... You maybe could have like had a woman come in, just like you know, just like look, take a look at it, you know, punch it up a little bit, you know, like a little, like a yeah, maybe you don't have a scene where she's yelling at him to get rid of his cat because she's pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, maybe not that. And also, I just want to say, and this is fully my own projection. I love Hugh Grant's earring. I love Jeff Goldblum's earring. I want them to make out in this movie. I'm getting very bisexual energy from Jeff Goldblum. I love when wears an I love it so much. I'm so attracted to it. Have yeah. been attracted to it since I was a child. And, you know, in the 90s, it was, like, very cool for, like... You remember, like, all the, like, little boys were getting their ears pierced in the 90s? Oh, my God. It was so hot. I, bring that back, Oh, I love it. Let's bring the earrings back. Every once in a while, I'll, like, look at the bear. I mean, the cast like, for know, this is very hot. Like, yeah, I, no, I was good. like, wow, I am attracted to most of the people here, so that's fun. But, yeah, I mean, it's just not quite not quite hitting the, the notes that maybe it seems it was trying to hit. Yeah. So what would we tell people to watch instead? Would we just say Knocked Up? I mean, that's funny because this is more, <laughs> I mean, it's less wacky than Knocked Up. Yeah, it is, but I don't know. Like, tonal, I, like tonally, it's very different than Knocked Up, but and Knocked Up obviously has misogyny problems, so it's funny to recommend Knocked Up. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, like I, you know, Knocked Up is always a good time. I think. I mean, you could also go dark with it and do like Tully, and it's just like, what if like having kids like destroys you? <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, we, maybe we go counterintuitive and we just say, watch this knocked up and Tully and then just journal about it. <laughs> just see how you feel about those, especially if you're somebody who's considering having kids or maybe you already have them and you're processing your feelings. I don't know. Yeah. Like, are there even like now I'm wondering, are there good rom-coms about having like maybe Juno? You could watch that. I mean, just, if you want, like, I don't know, you know, now I'm starting to realize that there really aren't a lot of good movies about, like, having a baby. Oh, well, wait- not, yeah, not in this genre, at least. Waitress is good. See, Waitress. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, okay, so y'all have like five recommendations. <laughs> I so finally made it to Waitress. It if, took a while. <laughs> <laughs> if none of those do it for you, I don't know what to tell you. I will say... Uh, per usual, our theme song is by Clutch Douglas. And if you aren't a patron and you want to join and get 
access to In the Smut, where we talk about erotic thrillers, to our How I Met Your Mother side pod, or our OC side pod, or many other bonus episodes. Just join the Patreon, and we'd love to have you. Also, if you want to leave a review for us, we love positive feedback. If you have negative feedback, you could just maybe keep it inside your heart and not tell us. Yeah. Because we're both anxious people, so yeah. we don't need that energy. We really don't. I'm, do you have anything else to say to our beautiful listeners? Uh, you know, um, drink water, have some rest, be kind to yourself. Um, I'm definitely been working on that and failing a lot of the time, but you know, I'm, I'm doing my best. So just be nice to yourself. It's been a rough year. Holiday is coming. Watch it has. something comforting. Absolutely. Find that comforting thing mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe make yourself some hot cocoa because oh, we have arrived at that season. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm Bronwyn Isaac still. And I'm Jordan Searles. <laughs> Bye. Bye.